0: Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. This is what our gospel tells us today. And this gives us a second straight week of Jesus suggesting that we do something that is almost certainly impossible. Last Sunday, we were told to be perfect. This Sunday, we're not allowed to worry. Now, Telling people not to worry is actually one of the more dangerous things a person can do. If you find a person who has multiple deadlines upcoming, dry cleaning to pick up, car payments due, a sick child or two at home, and you tell them to just relax. Don't worry so much about everything. You are likely to have your head bitten off. Living in the fast-paced world that we do, a person who does not worry about things is often considered synonymous with the person who doesn't achieve anything. But there is still something to the words of today's gospel. There is a spirituality, a way of life contained in the encouragement, not to dwell on the things of the future. In fact, this concept is one of the recurring themes across religions. Many forms of Buddhism are focused on the practice of living in the present moment. And the freeing of oneself from fears of and attachments to future events. Stoic philosophy is about the rational determination of what things we can control and what things are outside of our control, and focusing our attention on only what we can actually change. The Sufi tradition in Islam also holds this as an important practice. Abu Hamid al Ghazali, a 12th century theologian, wrote a manual called the remembrance of death and one of his chapters is on the difference between what he calls brief hopes and lengthy hopes brief hopes are the things we want to do in the moment for example right now I hope to continue this sermon (laughs) lengthy hopes on the other hand are desires that stretch out over months or years. In Al-Ghazali's mind, not only are lengthy hopes problematic, even thinking past the very moment you are in is an act of pride. He quotes a story about the Prophet Muhammad. A group of the Prophet's companions were gathered to eat together, and they were talking about a friend who had bought a camel and deferred his payment for a month. Muhammad laughed at the man's confidence and said, Never have I closed my eyes, Without thinking that my eyes would not open again before God would take my spirit. Neither have I opened them again in the belief that I would close them once more before passing away. Not once have I taken a bite of food without thinking that I should not swallow it before death choked me on it. Now the statement is extreme and dramatic. And we know for a fact, however, that it is not to be followed literally. Literally. We know that those who suggest these things also lived lives of hopes and aspirations and were successful in meeting their goals. So why do we keep hearing this? Fundamentally, the question of our hopes and desires is not a question about ourselves when we are told not to worry or to live in the moment. This advice isn't really directed to our thinking about our daily lives differently. Instead, it is a call to look outside of ourselves. We are called to acknowledge the way things are from the broadest perspective. We are are asked to acknowledge that we are but one piece in the billions and trillions of things for which God is concerned. Yes, God cares about you and loves you. But God's love for you does not mean that you will not die. God's love for you does not mean that life will progress, taking into account all your concerns and desires. God's love for us is eternal and extends beyond this life and its particularities. We are more than the birds of the air and the flowers in the field. But we are not more than the whole of the earth or the whole of nature, or the whole of the universe. It is amazing how quickly a question of worry becomes a question of life and death. What we worry about is what we think we can control. But what we actually have the power to control is really only ourselves and even this in only a limited way. We can't completely control how long we'll live or where we'll be in the next few years. All we can do is what we do today. All we can control is the realization of our brief hopes in every moment. This is why we are told not to worry about tomorrow. Because though we can lose several moments by doing so, we cannot add one moment to our lives by stressing over the future. Now, in saying all this, I do not want to dissuade you from developing your five and ten-year plans for you or your children's future. I have my own aspirations and dreams, most of which involve getting out of grad school. (laughs) Instead, the key is to know what these hopes for the future are. Our best laid plans often do not stand a chance, and it is often better that they do not. We should stand open to the world to all the changes that the progression of life will bring our hopes are subject to the whims of the universe and far from being depressing or disappointing this fact can be freeing we know that we are loved by God and cared for by God and in some way or another we will make it through whatever happens we should stand confidently therefore and in the moment be live Be alive in the best possible way. Do not worry, therefore, about tomorrow or about your life. And in the words of the psalm, still your soul and make it quiet, like a child upon its mother's breast. Let your soul be quiet and wait upon the Lord forevermore. Amen.